Hey everyone, just want to apologize for the first nine minutes of my audio. I had the webcam mic picking up instead of my normal mic. It sounds horrible to me. Probably doesn't sound that great to you either, but I just wanted to apologize. But it was too much ranting on my part to re-record. But uh, yes, apologies. After minute nine, it gets a lot better. Thank you for your grace. And thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. Before we get into the show, Joe, just want to remind everybody out there, they can find links to support the show, to subscribe to the podcast, everything at mtmpodcast.com. Joe, I just got back from the MTM Diamond Cruise. We're not going to talk about cruises on this show at all, but it was a great time hanging out with some of the Diamond members getting to spend time, you know, an entire weekend on a cruise ship. And uh, you booked that for everybody, put together a great uh, weekend. And I really appreciate that. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Uh, Though I do, I did see in the Patreon Slack today, people are, a few people are dealing with sea legs, which I get sometimes when I get off cruises. I think that's just one of those things. I'm guessing for you, you cruise so much now, you don't get sea legs anymore. For anyone who doesn't know, sea legs means like when you get off the ship and when you're on land, you still kind of feel like you're rocking back and forth. Uh, even though, you know, you're on dry land. Yeah, it doesn't bother me, but we did have some first-time cruisers, and some people got some seasickness. The weather wasn't the greatest. We had to skip Nassau, so uh, people didn't get to go to Atlantis. Some people had plans to go to the Baja Mar Water Park, which I've been told, I was talking to some people on the ship that had been there before, and I know Baja Mar is, like, really popular in the Miles and Points community. Obviously, it's a Hyatt property. I stayed there in January of 2020, and they hadn't yet built their water park, Uh, But apparently the water park is a lot smaller than it looks in the advertisements, which kind of stacked up because I saw the land where the water park was going to go when I was there and it looked very small. And then all of the commercials I see makes the water park kind of look big. So it doesn't seem like it compares to Atlantis. But uh, yeah, we didn't even get a dock in Nassau because of the wind. And uh, we did get to go to the private island of Royal Caribbean, which was fun. Coco Cay, so some beach time. And a lot of just hanging out. And that's one of the cool things about the Diamond Group, but also just about being around Miles and Points people is you get to talk about, you know, different ways you're spending, different strategies people have, all of that good networking stuff. And it was a lot of fun to have the weekend. I think we had 23 people total on the ship. And so it was a more intimate group. And a lot of people I've met before, some people I had never met before. So it was all around a good time. So, Joe, a lot of discussion happened after our last show uh, in the MTM uh, Facebook group about redemption shaming, miles and point shaming. And it seems like you're not alone in feeling shamed and kind of people in this hobby doing that to other people. A lot of people related to that story really loved that discussion on the topic. And it it was good to see uh, people engaging with that and the focus on positivity becoming more widespread in the community. So that was really nice. And uh, you have an update on your Delta Redemption too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not quite an update. Uh, Shout out to Carol who made a post in the Facebook group just kind of saying that uh, what I was saying about point shaming resonated. (laughs) I mean, the the irony, Sean. Okay, this is not because I feel shamed by you, Ian, um, about the 78,000. If you didn't listen last week, I talked about how I had booked live flat seats from Boston to LA for 78,000 miles each. Apart from 
you know, I don't feel any shame about that. I feel totally fine about that. However, like the day that the podcast came out, I think, or the day before, Delta announced that their co-banner credit cards, like anyone who has one of those cards is going to get 15% off redemptions. Now, that doesn't do me any good for this redemption to LA because I'm pretty sure if I cancel these seats, I'm not going to get 15%. Like, the, the same price isn't going to be there. However, that made me that did make me think a little bit more about my opportunity cost. Like I said last week, I'm still ready to cancel if I can find something better. Anyway, do want to say, though, that, again... I definitely agree. You know, let people use points the way they want to use the points. Don't need to make anyone feel bad about that. We don't need to rehash that. We talked about that all last week. But Sean, not only did that news come out, but then the day after the news came out, I got a mailer and Sean and I are in video, so I'm going to show it to him. You know, I got a mailer for our 70K Delta American Express gold card. Now, I was I was excited because in the mailer, there was no lifetime language inside it. But when I went to the link that was in the mailer, there was lifetime language. So actually, Sean just heard me, I edited it out, but Sean just heard me type because I'm currently on Amex chat right now. Little tip, if you wanna figure out what card you had before, talk to Amex chat. And I asked Amex chat which Delta cards I had before because there's a bunch of Delta cards that actually have um, increased bonuses right now. So I'm thinking about picking up another Delta card you know, this whole entire thing has got me thinking about flying Delta more this year, which is, I guess, what they want, right? They want us in their brain. So bottom line, holding on to those 78,000 mile seats right now. But if I can find better seats and get those Delta miles back, then maybe use that 15%. I think I've talked in the past about how a lot of times the economy to Europe is very cheap on Delta. Maybe I can squeeze two trips out. So, you know, it's all, uh, I, this is what I love about being able to cancel awards for free now. Like, I have this flexibility to do that. But I thought this was a good segue, Sean. You know, I don't know if you've looked at these Delta offers or if you've, I guess, like, Delta offers don't normally excite me. But I don't know, this 15% thing, it's really got me thinking Delta again, which they all, they always get me, Sean, even though their Sky Miles are tough to use. Am I just being a, a naysayer or am I skeptical that this 15% discount means that they're just going to continue to raise redemption rates and then <laughs> you're you know, probably the, right. No, you're <laughs> the probably credit card right. holders are going to get what the old rates would have been and everybody else is going to pay 15% more. I know that's a terrible way to think, but that was the first thought that came to mind uh, when I saw this. Of course, Delta was the first airline to get away from award charts and go to variable pricing, which we've seen the entire industry go to. But yeah, I think it's a great benefit. It remains to be seen how we'll see prices going forward, but it definitely gives people a reason to get a Delta card. And it's every Delta card except for the no annual fee one, right? That gets the 15% back. Yeah, it seems like it. And, you know, the mailer itself advertises it and it's all over the website now. So they're definitely pushing this. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. You're probably right that they're going to increase the redemptions. But I mean, that's the beauty That's the beauty of them not having a war chart. Like they did the damage already when they took the war chart away. So you know, the redemptions are just all variable already. So people are just going to take people like me, dumb people. That's a joke. But we're going to take the 15% and be like, okay, we're getting 15% off. And who knows what Delta is charging us anyway already. Yeah. And we've seen a kind of a move in the airline industry to come up with unique perks to get you to keep the card. AA has their loyalty points, which you earn. So it helps you earn status for using their credit card. United kind of was the first to do this, right? Where they have increased award space for credit card holders. 
So I, I, anything like this is a good thing to keep you into their system because a lot of people don't need free bags and, you know, the so-called priority boarding, those typical airline card benefits that we've seen forever don't seem to be enough. So I like these unique things and 15% off seems uh, pretty nice. I want to go back to your no lifetime language offer that you received in the mail. This is a good reminder because a lot of people are applying for these targeted offers. American Express has been super aggressive with sending offers, and many of them don't have that lifetime language. And that, that lifetime language just means that they say you can get a bonus once in a lifetime. So if you've had the card before, you can't get the bonus again. Lifetime is generally about seven years. Sometimes it's shorter. So it is possible if it's been a long time that you could get a bonus again. But always check the language on the application when you're applying to make sure it's not there. Even if you don't see it on the offer you get in the mail or in the email, always make sure to check it because that fine print is important. And as you said, I guess not all of them are exactly you know right. So you, you get this offer in the mail and it does have that language. Hopefully uh, you're eligible for the card, but I'd hate for somebody to make that mistake and apply thinking that uh, they're eligible. Although it's not usually a huge deal with American Express because they tend not to run your credit if you already have cards with them. So, you know, you might just get a denial, uh, but it's something to consider. Yeah. One more thing before we move on. John Ryan, who was on a couple episodes ago, a Vegas teenager, little uh, prodigy in the miles and points world. He did message me on uh, the in the diamond slack, Sean, and he was like, "If you're willing to leave from Mexico, you can fly in business class to Sydney on Delta for ninety five thousand sky miles." And that was a great find by him. I am not willing to leave from Mexico City, or more frank, <laughs> more <laughs> more accurately, my wife and my kids are not willing to leave from Mexico City. But it seems like a little bit of a trick because you have to take the Mexico City to LAX. Aero Mexico flight, and I think because that is a partner award, for some reason, that prices the entire thing to Sydney at a partner award like Saber Space or whatever they call that. So that was a pretty good find by uh, John Ryan there. And for five seats, it would have been ninety five thousand. You know, saying this out loud, I'm like, maybe we should go to Mexico City, LAX to Sydney. Like if you just did that directly on Delta, was four hundred ten thousand miles per ticket. Okay, even even I would pause at that. I don't have that many miles, but for um, Mexico City, LAX, Sydney, two hour layover in LAX, uh, it was it would have been ninety five thousand sky miles in Delta One uh, for that long leg. So that, that that was a pretty cool find by John Ryan. So shout out to him. Yeah, a couple other things I wanted to mention. You said canceling awards really good right now. And I totally agree. Um, I'm supposed to be in Disneyland this week, but after two cruises and a week at Disney World, I'm pretty exhausted. You might even hear it in my voice right now. So we ultimately decided to come home. And originally we had an award from Miami to LAX, and then we were going to spend time in Southern California, easily able to just cancel my award and get a an award to Las Vegas for the same price. And just having that flexibility is really cool and you know, I guess flexibility in time for me is cool too, but just being able to change things. And a lot of times with American, and I'm trying to burn American miles constantly, I'm noticing that there are some pretty good deals last minute where you're not getting killed. And also what you talk about with John Ryan, sometimes, you know, thinking outside the box with redemptions is interesting and uh, checking different cities and originating cities. I've been, you know, going, we're probably going to Japan in a few weeks and I had a two business class tickets. I think I talked about this last week for Jasmine and Ellie 
going to Tokyo uh, placed on hold. And I wanted to rehold those because I wasn't ready to commit. I'm trying to get my flight figured out, trying to burn some Korean air miles before they get completely devalued here pretty soon. But I was searching and I, I noticed that there was some space out of some cities. But if I started in other cities, uh, it, it, it wouldn't price it right. Like there was San Francisco to Tokyo space. But on some days when I was searching San Francisco to Tokyo, it was pricing it crazy. And then sometimes it would go San Francisco. Like there was one award that it, it if I did direct it, priced it at like 400,000 American miles. But uh, there was an option to go San Jose to Los Angeles to SFO to Tokyo. And it was cheaper. It was the Saver Award. So there's some weird things and not that I would ever do that. But just a reminder to kind of, if you see something on the surface, dig a little deeper. Obviously, that direct flight should have shown correctly. It's probably an error. And I was able to find the direct flight on other days and rehold it. American has announced, I think, for seven years straight, since before the U.S. Airways merger, that they're going to get rid of the award hold. And they haven't done it yet. And it's probably the most utilized tool for me. I love being able to, I think if you're 21 or more days out, the hold works for five days. And if if you're within you know that period of time, it's a closer in booking than they give you a 24-hour hold. But just being able to put those tickets on hold, figure out the rest of your plans, and then sometimes, like I said, even if you don't figure it out in five days, you can rehold the itinerary, and that always is very nice as well. Uh, although that's a bit of a gamble because you have to cancel one and then hope the space is there. But uh, sometimes it is. So yeah, just award booking isn't as straightforward as it should be. One of the reasons I do like using, you know, award search tools like point.me because that sort of helps me um, kind of narrows things down and then figure it out from there. But I feel like the, the flexibility is a big win coming out of COVID. And I hope that these uh, lack of award change fees stick around. It seems like they're making plenty of money in other ways. So I hope that they realize that this is a positive benefit for customers, one that they really like and that we get to hold on to. Yeah, if you're going to make us pay for a middle seat in row six, uh, yeah, you can, uh, you know, let us uh, hold our awards or get our award miles back and leave that uh, intact. One last thing, another nice thing or conversation that came out of Carol's post in the Facebook group, and this is the public Facebook group, um, just for those who are wondering, was some people were saying, you know, it's clear, or let me rephrase when you are in different phases of your life, the way you see your redemptions changes. And these things that we're talking about, like flying from Mexico City to get to Sydney or, you know, what you were talking about, Sean, all that stuff, if you don't have kids yet or your kids are grown and you have old adult kids or whatever, like that's the time when you want to mess around with this stuff because you have so much more flexibility. Whereas, you know, me, I'm I've got three kids in tow from five to 10. And honestly, my wife, like I was able to convince my wife to do some not, I wouldn't say crazy routings, but some less than ideal routings and also stuff like move hotels. You know, I know Benji very famously went to Vegas for five nights and stayed in a different hotel, like every single night to get FHR benefits and stuff like that. Like that kind of stuff I was able to do with my wife before we had kids and maybe a little bit when we had one kid, but once we had a couple of kids, you know, we were done with that life. So if you're in a stage in your life where you have a lot of flexibility, definitely try to think outside the box because that's when you can utilize it. Normally, at least at this stage where my kids aren't even in adolescence yet, I cannot use outside of the box stuff very often. And when I can, you know, it's like a unicorn. 
You know what's funny? I was talking to a Diamond member this last weekend, and I somehow invented a fourth kid that you have. I said that you had four kids, and then they quickly corrected me. Doesn't he have three kids? I was like, oh, yes, he has three kids. So uh, I don't know how that <laughs> yeah. happened or how that got in my ends. head. It's, it's, I should have never told you. I'm embarrassed by it, but it was a, it was a funny moment. I don't know. I don't know how much it uh, matters, honestly, after two. But uh, yeah, that, that's funny. I don't know. Sometimes I forget. We should talk someday about how people with multiple kids, and we've talked about it before, they shame people with only single kids saying they don't know how to parent while traveling because it's so easy to have just one kid. Uh, you know, you know the people out there. <laughs> no you know who comment. you are, people. <laughs> yeah, I know we've talked about that before on this show. <laughs> I did uh, yeah. last night. I it's wanted to shaming. talk about it's, this. It's, it's jealousy, Sean, not shaming. Oh, there you go. There you go. I have two kids. It's just I raised them 15 years apart. So, yeah, that's a hack in, a, in and of itself. I did want to ask about this because last night I, I landed in Las Vegas pretty late and something happened with Uber that I've never seen before. And I've learned to kind of never search Uber long before I need like something, you know, I used to like 30 minutes before I need a ride, I would search an address. And then almost always when I would go back 30 minutes later, when I actually needed the ride, it would be significantly more expensive. Like they had you on the hook and they did it. So I've seen that before, but yesterday when we landed, go to pull my uh, Uber app up and the normal ride to my house is like 17, $18 when there's no surge. It wasn't busy at all. It was late at night and it said $39 for the ride to my house. So I went to Lyft and the Lyft app said $22. So I decided to go with Lyft to get 10X with Sapphire Reserve. You know, I have Uber credits, but if it's gonna be double the price, I'm gonna go with Lyft. And then almost immediately after I booked my Lyft ride, I get a notification from the Uber app, your fare has dropped $18. So all of a sudden my fare went to like half the price within about two minutes, maybe even less than two minutes. And all I did was switch to Lyft and call a car. And I wonder, first off, if they're monitoring me, but also if Uber is just throwing out a high price to start. And then if you don't go for it, oh, we'll just charge you the regular price. Because again, it wasn't busy. It shouldn't have been a surge. I wonder if anybody out there has gone through that or had that happen. Because this is the first time I've seen it happen. And it turns out, coincidentally, that the Lyft driver canceled the ride and so then I just switched over to Uber because I had credits and it was actually uh, like a dollar or two cheaper than the original Lyft price but it yeah I, I don't trust Uber at all I hate the fact that they're not transparent and I have to think somebody else has had this exact same thing happen yeah that's a great point I mean it's just it's like at this point we don't even know what data they're taking from our phones and stuff like that I can't say that for sure they knew that you called that Lyft but I also can't say for sure that they didn't know that so i mean it's 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 just kind of wild what's out there and then it's i mean it's the same thing with variable pricing and stuff like that i guess it's like the opposite of a bait and switch instead of bait and switching you they're just fishing they're fishing for you to see you know if you're willing to pay those higher prices so but i'm glad it worked out for you in the end and i, I guess that's a reminder well this is when it gets us right when like we're exhausted then we don't even care and we just hit whatever and that, that's probably what they're banking on those, these companies yeah, and that is a good reminder for people to have both those apps and to check them both. Uh, lately, I think Lyft has been cheaper, but I've had a lot less success with them, more ride cancels, more longer wait times. So I feel like Uber is the better service, or at least it has been for me. Maybe they have more drivers, but they consistently are more expensive and other issues. And I talked before that I kind of built up some Uber credit by taking advantage of those Amazon pay with points deals and just buying Uber gift cards. So I was able to lock in Uber at 40, 50% off, which is really nice because 
it makes it, you know, when you're paying $20 for a ride, now I'm actually paying maybe $10 to $12 out of pocket or Uber Eats. I'm getting a lot of those 40% off codes on Uber Eats. I don't know if you're getting them as well, but traveling, it makes it nice, especially like being out all the time. It's nice to just be able to order in. I won't do it at full price because I feel like all the fees and stuff are terrible and the prices are inflated. But I find with those 40% off coupons, which every week it seems like either Jasmine or I have them, that uh, I'm paying about the same price as at the restaurant, even after factoring in the tips. So I feel like that's a, a win-win uh, for me, and especially uh, using the Uber credits. So again, another uh, endorsement for buying Uber gift cards on Amazon with those pay with point deals, especially if you're getting the 40, 50% off like we saw over the holidays, uh, which is really cool. Now, Southwest has a new offer on their credit cards, Joe, that I think a lot of people are going to want to take advantage of or perhaps try to. Of course, you have to be under 524 to get the Chase Southwest cards, but the Priority, the Premier, and the Plus cards, that's all three versions of their card, have this offer. 30,000 rapid rewards points after 5,000 in spend, but you also get a companion pass good through the end of February 2024. So if you were to get the card right now, a little over a year of the companion pass, which could be quite valuable. Now you are giving up some points on the signup bonus. You know, usually the signup bonus is like 60,000. We've seen it go as high as like 100,000 on these cards. So, you know, you potentially are giving up that, but you get the simplicity of getting the companion pass without having to figure out how to earn the extra points to get you there, the 125K that you need in a year. But if you do the companion pass the old fashioned way, you know, you get it for all of the year that you earn it plus the next year. So for example, taking a higher Southwest offer early in 2023, if you could hit it early enough, you would be able to get the card, you know, all the way through the end of 2024. You buy in this offer, you think it's a good thing? I do because I think the simplicity of it is sort of appealing. Yeah, I mean, I don't fly Southwest. It just doesn't work out very well with my schedule. But that being said, I think it's interesting that they're offering this. It's almost like they're acknowledging that people would use these sign-up bonuses to get companion passes. And they're I think that it feels to me like they're trying to entice people to get these lower sign-up bonuses and settle for a companion pass for a shorter amount of time. And they're banking on the fact that they will come out ahead in the long run by doing that. So I think this I think this is one of those rare moves where it feels like it benefits both the bank and the consumer and the airline, I guess, because you know, the consumer, you do get that simplicity. And, you know, we just talked about it, when you're in different life stages. I, I can't remember what group it was in, if, if it was even in like a Disney group or like a miles and points group, but like someone missed the or was worried that they missed timing their Southwest companion pass the old fashioned way by like getting two fifty thousands. Um, they they were worried that they didn't get it for the two years because they missed the timing. And like, that's a lot of mental load and mental math that you got to worry about and so with this offer that kind of takes that off the table but you give up a year of the companion pass for it so i think i think it's good all around and it'll be interesting to see you know who gets interested in this and who doesn't that's a great point i mean as long as i've been doing miles to memory so since 2013 everybody all the naysayers have said the companion pass is going away it's too good of a deal and southwest has sort of doubled down on it right i mean they have up the requirements that you need to get it you know, up to the higher point threshold, but largely the companion pass is the same as it was. And I think that's an acknowledgement that it's working financially for Southwest. I'm sure that they've crunched the numbers on it at this point. And you make a great point. Maybe this is 
their way of you know giving you less points up front, but they're also not giving you that companion pass for the extra year. So it's like a good trade-off for them. And uh, like I said, I think it's good for a lot of people to get the simplicity of getting it for a year. I'm actually tempted. I am under 524, so I'm tempted for this. Although I'm also tempted to get the Chase Disney card, um, which is a weird card to say I'm going to get, but you know, I, I have the ability to get referrals. And so I feel like over time that could probably be a better card to get for me. We'll see. I, I don't love flying Southwest, although I live in the city where one of the biggest cities for Southwest, and they are by far the biggest airline in Las Vegas. And without my beloved Frontier status, I'm feeling a little lost, honestly, uh, as I look for flights because it was just so nice to to get those cheap Frontier flights. And that's not an option for me, or at least I have to pay for bags and, and all that other stuff. So is what I'm considering. I probably, you know, could earn the Companion Pass the old-fashioned way, um, and that might be a better thing for me just to lock it in for two years instead of having to scramble uh, next year. So kind of a back and forth on that. But I think it's an overall a good offer. If people want to know more, we'll put a link to the post in the description. We also have links if you want to support the show, the site, uh, and apply through those links. We do have this offer available, and it is the best offer that's publicly available, as we always mention. We never ask you to reduce our links if you're not getting the best offer. So keep that in mind. And we're airline heavy today, apparently, Joe, but I wanted to talk about the airline shopping portals and some of the promotions they have right now. We know that several times a year, the portals offer promotions. A lot of the time is during back to school season, uh, you know, during obviously Black Friday, the fourth quarter. But we have one here in February and it's pretty good. They call it the winter bonus. And several of the airline portals are offering increased mileage for spending. United is offering 500 miles when you spend $150 or more. Alaska is exactly the same, 500 miles for 150 or more. And American is 500 miles if you spend $200 or more. And I know a lot of people use American specifically because they want to earn status, and that helps you earn loyalty points, which is really nice. And this is a, a good way to, to earn even more through the portal. So these are nice ways. You know, I always use Cashback Monitor. Look at what every portal is paying out. For instance, the American offer, you have to spend 200 You're getting 500 extra at back. That's like an extra 2.5x if you can do exactly 200 So that's how I sort of calculate whether to do these or not. But with, you know, the ability to earn loyalty points, stuff like that, it could be even more valuable. And these are nice offers. I mean, if you take advantage of all these offers they have through the year, you know, you can pick up an extra five, ten thousand miles in each of these programs, which can be really good. Yeah. Uh, the other nice thing about these offers and them happening regularly is that they remind me, you know, most airlines have gone to the point where stuff doesn't expire anymore. But for the rare airlines where their miles still expire, expire or whatever, it is a nice reminder um, to do that. The I think it's mostly the foreign carriers that still expire. Like I have to uh, keep my Asia miles alive somehow so i'm probably gonna have to transfer from american express to do that unless they have a shopping portal but it's it's just a nice reminder that like a little shopping portal action is going to keep your miles alive for those that are going to expire i think do alaska ones expire i, I better check that for myself too i think my alaska miles might be expiring too <laughs> what do you use for that i use a ward wallet but admittedly i don't log in that often I wish that more programs would put the expiration date like front and center. A lot of them do, but some of them, like Hilton famously doesn't put a lot of stuff on their on their website, like when status expires and stuff like that. Just give us that stuff up front so we can see it. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I use a Ward wallet typically to see that. They do a good job of kind of putting it all in one place. But I find myself logging into a Ward wallet less often than I used to. I'm less, I guess, less obsessed with my points balances day to day. Like I used to be in there every single day looking at every single thing, and I don't do that anymore. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to let those go to waste. Oh, what do you know? I spent some money on my Alaska credit card uh, <laughs> a month ago, and so they are okay. But yes, Alaska miles do expire if you don't have qualifying activity. <laughs> so there you go. Learning on the fly. Just a reminder that Joe and I don't know everything off the top of our heads, and that's perfectly okay because I admit yeah, I didn't know that either. For me, it's anything. But <laughs> yeah, for me, it's anything. But yes, thank you, Sean. For those who couldn't hear the typing that he cut out, that guy types really quick. So he—that's all the skills you need—is to be able to type something really quickly to get the answer. And that's what half of life is about, right? I mean, just figuring out the answers. I, I yes. It's a good trick. And Sean, I know we are a little bit of topic light this week, so I am going to take a little bit of a diversion. But my kid is on Chromebooks all the time at school, and they are not teaching them how to type. And it's driving me nuts that, like, they don't know, like, where to put their hands and stuff like that. And they're typing with two fingers. So I know Ellie is going to be going back to school soon-ish you know, eventually. And I'm very curious whether it's like a Massachusetts thing or like a what, you know, and she's, she's bored in class all the time. And I'm like, does Mavis Beacon not exist anymore? Like these kids not learn how to type. Like, do they only learn how to use their thumbs to type on phones? So is that the future? And so anyway, that's uh, my random thought for the day, you know, in terms of, you know, people becoming stenographers when they grow up or whatever. You know, Ellie types surprisingly well. I saw her. So part of her curriculum, her online, you know, homeschooling curriculum that we do, does have a typing tutor. So she types surprisingly well, pretty fast, and she does know where to keep her hands. Like, I wouldn't say that she's as advanced as uh, as she needs to be, but I, she doesn't type with, she doesn't do the poke with the little fingers. That's, that's crazy to me, because even when I went to school, I guess, you know, a little bit older, I think when I was in middle school is when they really taught us how to type when we went through those courses. But of course, back then, computers weren't as prevalent as they are now, you know, like, like they are. So yeah, that is crazy. I think you kind of hit a point with the, with the phones, right? People just poking at phones. It's a, it's a different uh, thing altogether. Um, so <sighs> yeah, we're, we're, we're old, Sean. That's yeah, I guess it is. I mean, the, the first computer I had in a classroom was in elementary school and it was uh, an Apple II, I think. And it, I loved it because it had the lemonade stand game. And I played the lemonade stand game, which was like a simulation where you owned a lemonade stand. And it was, of course, the green, you know, the screen that only had the green on it and uh, different times for sure. You know, even before I had a Nintendo, I was playing lemonade stand. So, Joe, you're not going to be here for the next couple of weeks. And we have some interesting shows coming up. We're going to I'm not sure exactly of the order. We'll figure that out. But over the next two weeks, my friends. Tim and Amy from Go With Less are going to join me to talk about nomad travel and fire as well a little bit. They are fired or they're financial independent, meaning they're retired and they, they've saved up their money. And now they are full-time nomads living all around the world. And they've had some interesting challenges with COVID. But they also have an incredible community of travelers that they've built with the Go, Go With Less group that I want to talk about, how they bring people together. And I feel like that's a, a thing we can get into and help people 
learn how to connect with other people who are like-minded, whether it be nomads or miles and points people, everything else. And they also have some great knowledge of the miles and points space and everything else. So I think that's going to be a fantastic conversation. And then my good friend, PDX Deals Guy, who's been on the podcast before, is going to join me for another episode to talk about maybe the financial side of miles and points, starting businesses, earning points through reselling tickets, reselling merchandise, buyers groups, uh, gift cards, all of that sort of stuff. Me and him have uh, pretty closely worked together over the years on sharing deals, and he's probably my go-to person with running things off on what I'm doing, and and I think it'll be a great uh, episode so we can kind of help people get some ideas for how they can earn more. Talking to people this last weekend on the cruise, it was really interesting to hear some of the you know, ways they spend, right? The ways they're earning, the, their strategies that they're using, and a lot of it is was advanced stuff, stuff I can't talk about here on the podcast. You know, as a side note, it's funny for years, people know that you're a blogger and then they just don't talk to you about anything. And if you ever want to talk to me about things, talk to me, people, because I don't I don't say anything. You know, if you tell me not to say something, I won't. And I'm not saying they're secrets. These are strategies that they figured Sean's out for lonely, themselves. guys. <laughs> talk to him. Yeah, come. He's lonely. Come tell me all your secrets. Uh, I'll uh, give you a miles and points counseling session. But it's fun to hear that because... As people who listen to the podcast know, I kind of beat to my own drum. I do my own things. I have my reselling. I don't have capacity to do a lot of this other stuff, but I love hearing about it, and I love hearing some of the way people think about it and all of that. And so just a reminder you know, to find people that you can talk to. And I hope that me and PDX Deals Guy can share some of what we can share with you from our own experiences in sort of finding ways to generate miles and points largely through business but also through buyers groups. He's really into that. So a lot of good stuff coming. And then Joe will be back with me in a few weeks. And we're going to continue with this sort of uh, interview, Joe, and you know, kind of doing both versions of the show where we're bringing in some people to talk about specific topics. And then Joe and I talking more about the uh, our lives, our travels, our woes, the way people shame us, all of that good stuff every once in a while too. So I feel like this is a good kind of a cadence for the show and it's been exciting to bring other voices but also to continue talking to you every single well every other week yeah it's been good and with that excitement coming from joe we're going to end this uh, week's show as a reminder you can find everything we do at mtmpodcast.com and that's going to be links to the show subscribe in any podcast app most of our listeners are on Apple Podcasts, and we've gotten several new reviews, great reviews, and we really appreciate everybody who takes the time to give us a five-star rating, takes the time to write out a review to let us know uh, how much you enjoy the show. We definitely appreciate that. It helps us reach more people, And but you can listen in any app. You can listen in Spotify, any podcast app that you want. I am working on bringing more Miles and Points content to video. As you know, we do the YouTube Vegas channel. And uh, that's a pretty big endeavor, but I'm trying to to work to get to more of this miles and points stuff onto video so we can bring it to other platforms like YouTube and elsewhere. So look for that. But Joe, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me at As Joe Flies, all of our social media, Disney Podcasts at Disney Deciphered. And uh, yes, if you are looking to plan any travel, cruises, anything like that, Joseph Chung at Travelmation.net. What about you, Sean? Yeah, at Miles to Memories all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere else. And yeah, don't forget about our free Miles and Points group, the Miles to Memories community on Facebook, uh, over 15,000 people in there. And uh, we found out this week that several people in that group didn't know that this podcast existed. 
So we're going to do a better job of promoting it to them and letting Sad them know times. that we're here. <laughs> so, you know, you live and you learn. Uh, but that's a great community of people. We keep it positive. That's really what this is about. This is the fun side of Miles and Points. We enjoy our lives. We enjoy this hobby. And it's about inclusiveness and all of that. So if you enjoy that sort of tone, join the Facebook group. And if you like Las Vegas, as we've talked about, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories for all the latest Vegas news and info, all the fun stuff happening in Sin City. And I do co-host that with Mark, the former co-host of this podcast. So if you want to hear his laugh, you can find it over there. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya. See ya.